0: Joining me now, Matt Leach, Chief Executive of the Local Trust. Good morning, Matt.
1: Hi, Chris. What a great morning it is. We were just looking out, and from the studio, as you look behind, you can see the, the sun rising of a big local connect. It's fantastic. Well,
0: yeah, and uh, <laughs> I thank you for calling it a studio. <laughs> it Broom covered who cares? Yeah. It's what it sounds like on the other end that counts. Uh, yesterday, obviously, uh, kick-off day. What, what were your reflections on the day? I think the highlight for me, actually, for a lot of people was, well, actually, there were two highlights, one at the start and one at the end. Highlights at the
1: start was was Mark Stevenson, the futurist. who was absolutely fantastic, wasn't right. he? You know, a real sense, both of where, you know, where the world's going and the challenges for us, but actually the way he was able to put it across in a way that connected with people. And then at the end, it almost, you know, we suddenly turned into a Star Trek convention, didn't we? <laughs> so, it, it, As with all things Big Local, you know, the the, be- the beauty is in the way that actually what happens is defined by the people who are there. And... And it, it just really worked. It really set up what what was a fantastic day. I think the highlight for the um, the second highlight for me was the dancing grannies. I don't, you know how can you not how can you not love dancing grannies, inflatable dinosaurs? And I, I, I met some people this morning who said they were they were one one song away from winning the inflatable pizza. Oh, and on right. reflection, sober this morning over breakfast, they're so
0: glad they didn't win that, that inflatable pizza. Oh, gutted! <laughs> um, it is, and the, and the creativity around the place is absolutely outstanding in the different ways that people are engaging. And uh, I was chatting to uh, Angie last night, uh, and and that creativity in the community. You know, oh, well, how can we get some attention? Well, we'll go and get some alpacas and walk down the road with them. You know, the creativity in people's thinking right across the whole program is outstanding. It's astonishing, and and
1: you know, it, it feels like a like quite an arty environment, <laughs> doesn't it? Because you've got the handmade parade downstairs. of been people contributing to that all day. I've seen people making hats for the environment session out of um, out, out of newspapers. Then we've, you know, we've got the roving poets. Have, have we had the poets on? Yeah, on we have radio, had the poets yes. on. Um, yep,
0: they've been on. They, they they started interviewing me. That was the oh well, <laughs> Turned the tables on me completely. And again, that creativity uh, that, that comes through. And also, um, it was Frida, who's sort of as part of the poets, was sort of saying how important it was as a way of expressing her feelings, which she couldn't do in other ways. No, and, and I think that's really important. I'm big local in you know, almost every big
1: local you go to, actually what it is is, is an expression of, of local people, of their ambition, their, their desire, the power that they can take and, and the real difference it makes when you just put resources in people's hands and then allow them to, to go out and, and make something special happen in their community. And I, I guess when we originally thought of the idea of Big Local Connects, and it's, it's now four years on from the yeah. first one, it seems a long time since we um, all came together in London, I think when we originally put it together, we thought... You know, wouldn't it just be a good idea to get together four, five hundred people from across the country and get them to tell stories to one another of the amazing things that they've done? And here we are now. It's, it's it, it is the fourth Connects because we had one online, like an online Connects last year, and people are still coming together, still telling the stories, even more enthusiastic, even more engaged. And and I'm, this year, I've met so many people coming for the first time, but brought by their friends from from areas who've been to previous Connects, really excited about what they're going to do, what they're going to learn activities they're going to participate in and you know when you look forward to, to today's program I mean, there's so much on isn't there you know we've
0: gone through friday and that felt, felt enough but but there's more now matt leach is with me and uh, lots of great uh, i was looking at the agenda i've got three pages of stuff on today yeah, I, was try- I was trying i try not to rustle papers oh on don't the- worry no we're, we're, we're you know this is this, this is, is paper rustling radio yeah it's guerrilla radio almost and it, we just we just get on with it um and uh there's some young people stuff on here today there's, there's a youth forum and there's energising young people, and they do energise us, don't they?
1: They do, and I, I think one thing that we've seen over the last two to three years is a real growth in the number of young people who, who are involved in Big Local. And, you know, wherever you look, you you hear stories of, of really great engagement. And I do wonder whether some of it was inspired by uh, by the first Big Local Connects. And you remember, then we had the, the kids from Ewenrig came down oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and did their their piece in the main hall about about mental health and mental well-being and actually that's that's a real strand that comes through when you when you look at a a lot of the young people's engagement that's um, that's happening right right across the country.
0: And there's there's an honesty a real honesty and a refreshing honesty you might say amongst the way that young people express the way they feel maybe they've not got the reserves that we've got we have to break through I think probably uh, COVID and lockdown has made us a little less reserved a bit more honest but young people have always been honest and open and Tell it you straight.
1: No, ab- abs- absolutely, and and it's brilliant to see so many here here at Connects uh, this summer. I mean, we we did choose to do it at half term. We thought if we, if we did it half term, maybe there'd be a chance yeah, that works. we could have a you know a big like lo- a big local Connects, which was just a little bit more o- open to, to all age groups and and all the people who are participating and making it such a such a great program across the country.
0: And uh, uh, more creative stuff I noticed down here. Um, creative kickstart. K- creative with a K, obviously. That well, uh, makes it even more creative when you af- spell creative with a K. Absolutely. And I had Jake on yesterday. He's a bit, he's a bit twitchy about the whole thing. He said, he's, he said his stomach was turning around. But uh, I, th- I think it will be a fantastic session. That's uh, in Conference Suite 3 at half past ten. What else was on the agenda today? Well, how do you plot your day? Because you've got all this stuff you could go to, and you need to be everywhere at once. Well, you, I, Looking at the agenda, you can see, you know, these clashes and we've been
1: telling people who you know because people come to big local in groups usually don't they but we say split up try and get in as much as you possibly can and i I was just just looking at the the second set of sessions in the afternoon today and you you can see harriet marsden who was who was on co-hosting with you yeah um last night last night but harriet's on talking about telling your story to the media which is incredibly important so many big locals are thinking about. How they present themselves locally, how they start to build understanding about all that they're achieving and getting people involved, but at the same time, you know, across the way in, in the Orchard Hotel, you've got Steve Toff talking about um, the future of work. Really, you know, actually an award-winning blogger um, and workforce analyst. What he doesn't know about the economy, what he do, what he can't explain about the about the recent budget, isn't you know is, isn't worth thinking about. And you've got them happening at the same time. How do you, how do you choose? <laughs> um, Frankly, I've just allowed myself to be um, pulled along by the flow. If I'm talking to someone and we're walking down the corridor, I'll go, where, I'll go where they're going because they probably know better
0: than me what's, what's great. It's Connects Radio and uh, with me is Matt Leach from Local Trust. Obviously, Chief Executive and we're still on air, so we must be doing it okay. We're, we're getting away with it. Um, I,
1: I think so. It's, it's it Actually, it, f- it feels great here, doesn't it? It's like a cosy snug, oh, isn't it? it? Is. At the heart of the conference and... You know, people walking by just beyond the door. The t- the, actually, the tea lady came in whilst the music was playing, thankfully, because <laughs> there was a lot of clanking going on that you, you, you missed out on. But it, you'd get a real sense of the the vibrant life. Even even now, you know, as the morning starts and people yeah. set up
0: for the 10 a.m. Well, and it and is um, uh, something about being an introvert when you're on the radio. You just lock yourself away in a room. I must admit, yesterday, all the setting up and and, and doing all the interviews and lining them all up there. And I suddenly, when I came in here, it was all sort of, quiet and being set up and I went out of there there was a conference happening and I came back and said to Jesse hey there's a conference going on out there it's hardly, <laughs> you can not hardly realise it um, now big local final final end is March 2026 yeah. obviously people think about their legacy and then it's beyond there really the day after tomorrow is a phrase that's obviously mm-hmm. being used as well and uh, in terms of value for money the pro the, the programme can't be perhaps underestimated given what was put into regeneration before big local and what's gone in via this program. And it's trying to make that case, I suppose, moving forward be a really important part of your role. I
1: I, I think so. I mean I, I think local trust needs a legacy as much as, as big locals need a legacy. And we we pushed ourselves to go through the same discipline that other that big locals are going through, sitting down with our trustees, our board, thinking about the future, thinking about the future that we want to help create and then thinking about what we need to do. To get there in the the four or five years left we've got before we wind up, like as you know, yeah. like many like many big locals. And in doing that, what we've we've looked at is, is our trust deed because local trust is, you know, it didn't come out of nowhere. It was set up by the big lottery fund with a something called a trust deed, a set of instructions that says what we're expected to to achieve. And a yep. lot of it is. Basically, you know, there will be 150 areas. You'll give them a million quid. You'll support <laughs> them to do what they want to do. But, but deep in the trustee which is something which says you need to take the learning from the program and you need to ensure that that learning informs and influences policymakers, grant makers, people who are working in communities. And we've taken that really, really seriously um, because you can't spend, as Big Local have, £250 million in total across the program yeah. over 15 years and not have the evidence to show... Whether it was a good idea or not, what, yeah. what you've achieved. Yeah. So we've been investing over the last five years an awful lot in in research and evaluation. Mm. So right. you know, from the start of the program, a lot of big locals have been involved in um, the um, in, in the Our Biggest Story program, where they've been, you know, academics have been following people, listening to their their stories. Since then, we've started to work very hard on on data. So you'll, I think, some people will recall the left behind areas research that we did. That was very much driven by big local. Um, experience, looking at how, actually in areas where there aren't places to meet, where there isn't that much civic activity going on, it can be an awful lot harder to, to get things started and, right. to, and, and, and to make a difference. And we've taken that and we've tried to use that to influence the wider political debate because for us, actually, what we want to see as, a, as, a, as an organisation is the whole world change. You know, we want to see lots of (laughs) neighbours change, but we want to see politicians change their mind about And you originally went to the two-party
0: conference, the two main... We we
1: went to the two-party conferences, and we we received a real welcome. I I think a lot of that reflects the work that particularly Margaret Bolton, our Director of Policy, has been doing with her team in going out and and engaging. And the support we've had from big local areas in doing that. So over the last year, we've had a year and a half now, we've had an all-party parliamentary group of MPs. So... Over 90 MPs and Lords from across both political parties meeting once a month to talk about policy, particularly around left-behind areas, around the importance of social infrastructure. And at every one of those meetings, we've had someone from a big local area telling their story, sitting alongside the academics, the think tankers, the policy experts, and putting everything that they say in context. And I think that's had a real impact. People are much more willing to, to hear our story, willing to engage whether they're officials, or MPs or, or ministers. And it, it was great at, at the Conservative Party conference. We had Alison um, from, from Little Holton sitting on a, on, on a panel with, with three government ministers. <laughs> we, I was at a breakfast um, at, at the Midland Hotel there where the conference was held with the leader of Essex County Council and Katie right. Roberts from, um, from Boston Big Local talking about how communities can help um, local government make a difference. And at the Labour Party conference, Jeff from Stoke North. Uh, was there, it was absolutely fantastic on a panel with three local government leaders and Steve Reed, the Shadow Secretary of State for Communities, talking again about how Labour Party policy can be influenced by learning from big local. So there's a big job to do. Um, you know, you listen to and, the budget. And you, and yeah, I've
0: got to say, but do, do, you, do you really think people are being listened to? Because one of the defining things for Big Local for me is that it's achieving what was in, you know, was in the neighbourhood management policy action team of genuine community involvement and leadership. And I always felt it got close under the National Strategy for Neighbourhood Renewal, but local trust has nailed it. Do you think that's that people are being listened to so that leadership can come through, or we know there's a lot of nominal listening goes on?
1: I think what we've seen over the last two years is a real change of language, so people are talking about some of the right stuff there. I, two, three years ago, you didn't really hear people talk about the importance of community or social infrastructure. It just wasn't on the political agenda. Now people are talking about it. We might not yet have seen the policies, but we can certainly see that people are taking this agenda seriously. And you hope that when the narrative changes, it can take a long time in politics, yeah, but yeah. That, that eventually um, that will pay off. And we hope that you know, if we can contribute to that in a small way, then local trust will have, will, will, will have will have done a job – COVID in some ways, I, I, actually I was at a big local area and I've heard this in the conference, at a big local area, they said COVID was brilliant for us. And I went, well, yeah, yeah, all right, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about that. But they said, no, what COVID did was bring local government to the table, start to talk about what the community could do for them yes. and for itself and how they could support them. And actually in big local area after big local area, you've seen real new relationships being formed and local government, who perhaps in the past might not have taken communities seriously, looking and saying, actually, we've got an amazing organisation yeah. here, we've got <laughs> a big local here, we
0: can we can work with them. And I think that's helping shift the dial as well. I I, I remember um, the early days of DY10 in Kidderminster, which is near where I live, they said they wanted to become the go-to place in the community. And I went along to an event pre-COVID um, when uh, they had about f- oh, 40, 50 people from all organisations around the room. And I said to Brenda, the, the chair, said, You've done what you you set out to do, and then in COVID, lots of organis- lots of big local areas became the the go to place as well. To um, that, that that infrastructure there has has gave people the launch pad, and the, some it's, fantastic work done.
1: It's been amazing. Of course, if you remember DY10. Back at the start of Big Local, they decided to kick all their councillors off the partnership. Yes, I didn't was. They? I remember uh, that b- because, well. <laughs> because the last thing they wanted to do was have have local government around the table. Of course, now ten years on, a number of members of the partnership have been elected to the local council. Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. You know, I, I was talking to people from Ramsey um, who are here, and they 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 were saying, "Well, actually, we, we we've had six or seven people who've been through our partnership and now on the council in in Ramsey." So actually, it, it we've we've gone from you know communities. Sometimes actually fighting with the council, struggling over resources and influence and control through to, you know, people graduating through big local and going into local government but with a real understanding of of the amazing power that communities can bring to, to, to making a difference in their area. And actually, it's borne out by the stats. When you look at the COVID crisis, and we did some, some real heavy number crunching uh, with experts, with statisticians around the experience of communities during COVID, you found that even when you adjusted for for relative levels of deprivation, communities that had strong community organisations in them when the pandemic struck were about four times as likely to have stuff going on to to help the community out during the crisis. And they were four times as likely to get money in from outside to help them do that. So actually when the hard times hit, if your community is going to succeed or fail, often it's dependent on whether an organisation like a local, big local, is there and the brilliant thing that's been achieved right across the program in neighborhoods across the country 150 neighborhoods across the country is actually putting in the building blocks of of that community organization confident local people places to meet organizations
0: that can make a difference chris allen with you through till nine matt leach is with me uh we're chatting about lots of different stuff just had the budget um surprise not surprised you know good bad a bit of everything well it, it was an entertaining budget speech wasn't it and
1: uh, I, th- I think a lot of people said it's probably the most political budget that we've seen since perhaps uh, the days of Gordon Brown back in the the nineties and two thousands. In that it was primarily about sending political messages, wasn't it? Yeah. There was a, there was a lot of points around we're spending this much money, we're bringing you know we're, we're bringing allocations to education back up to where they were in twenty ten, and I think not so much about community in it act- actually, and I, I think that's. You know you could you could look at that as a gap, and certainly a lot of civil society organizations have said, "Why aren't people talking about charities in this budget?" There wasn't anything much there mm. but there was there was at least one line in there, and you know you always hang on politicians <laughs> they say you know they they give their speech and you say, "Ah, oh, but this was the important line and there there was a line there about wanting to level up communities yeah and what it what it was about was pointing forward to an important publication that's probably due. I'm w- we're being told maybe in December, January, which is the Leveling Up White Paper, yeah, which is um, going to be an important statement of government policy. It's um, being being written by Michael Gove, who's the, the newly appointed um, Secretary of State. At what we're told is called Deluxe, Deluxe, that's right, uh, which is a fantastic name for a government and department. And they,
0: they've got they've now got a, a headquarters in Wolverhampton as well, part of the Leveling yep. Up well,
1: as well. Absolutely, absolutely, and and. Helping Michael, assisting Michael Gove with that is, is Andy Haldane, who's the former chief economist at the Bank of England. And a lot of people um, involved in local trust or big local will recall that he's the um, guy who gave our first inaugural community power lecture in, in July, where he set out a vision for transforming society, transforming the economy, um, which had communities right at the heart of it. So yeah. when about a month later, he was snapped up by <laughs> Boris Johnson to... Uh, to lead his his leveling up crusade, we thought well that's that 's all right you out know, well. that 's that's, that's <laughs> that, that, someone who's, who who 's coming in and taking on the task who you know, who clearly gets communities and, and and values them now you know there 's a long way between that and seeing policy written down on government paper you know, but but it does feel like um, there 's going to be some important stuff coming out um, post budget about the role that uh, government sees communities playing but also how the government plans to to transform some of our, our most left behind and deprived communities and we're working very hard to
0: to try to influence that Alongside lots of other people. as you Yeah, yeah, know. absolutely, but the influence is there and and there is a sense that some of those messages are being picked up as well. We come back to money. Uh, the Community Wealth Fund, they're down in the Ideas Hub, so for people who can go and find out more, but they can also be a camp, become a supporter of of that. Uh, explain it to, to those of us who perhaps don't understand exactly how it's working.
1: Well, the Community Wealth Fund is a campaign that was founded by Local Trust probably three years ago now and it was based around an idea that if you were going to transform communities, if you're going to learn from Big Local and the success of Big Local and do it on a massive scale, then you need money that's committed like Big Local money over much longer than treasury timeframes. Yeah. Because, you know, it's all very well having a fund that arrives with lots of money for two years or three years and goes away again. In the end, those sort, that sort of money just goes to those communities who've already got it, who are ready to bid. Yeah, what you What you really need, particularly in communities where there's a need to... Rebuild social infrastructure. You know, get the community centres going again. Fill them full of activity. What you need is, you know, ten years, fifteen years to support communities to build uh, their confidence. That's been
0: one of the successes of big local, isn't it? D- absolutely, and, I mean, no, and no deadlines at the end of March. So you've got to spend everything or you lose. Hundred percent. So, so government money doesn't always work to deliver that.
1: Um, but there is another source of money out there: um, dormant assets. And this mm-hmm. is uh, this is this is money that. Originally, back back in 2010, um, government recognised there was a lot of money left in bank accounts that people had forgotten about, or they, you know, had been lost, or maybe they they died, and and several billion pounds there. And that money was put into a special fund, which then has gone to fund primarily social finance, so big society capital, loans to social enterprises. And that's been going on for the last 10 or 15 years now. There's a new wave of dormant assets that's coming. So this is money... In share certificates insurance policies that, so i don 't know how you'd forget about your insurance policy, but i 'm sure some billi- people do there 's billions of pounds out there of share certificates insurance uh, policies that haven 't been claimed and are going to start to flow into this into this fund Government 's currently got legislation going through Parliament on the management of that that money and they 're looking to have a consultation next year around where that money might go and we 've been looking to build a really really strong campaign of support to say actually if there 's going to be several billion pounds there up and running to to go to good causes because the legislation says this money 's got to go to good causes right what better cause could there be than supporting community activity particularly in left behind communities across the country and and it's gained support from from across parliamentary parties um, Danny Kruger who's now um, advising Michael Gove in deluxe on yeah. on leveling up um, Recommended that a community wealth fund—I think he called it a, a "leveling up communities fund," but a, effectively the same thing—be yep. included in government policy. We've had a succession of reports from think tanks saying this is a great idea. Mm. You know, government should should go for it. And to be fair, for officials and, and ministers, they've actually given us a hearing. They haven't said yes. And uh, you know, it, uh, we, for me.
0: Uh, Financially, it's a no-brain. I don't. I, I suppose I, I think back to the national strategy. It's not. This is not having a go at the previous uh, Labour administration, there Because a lot was learnt through the national strategy for neighbourhood renewal. But if you think about the thirty-nine big local, uh, sorry, the thirty-nine New Deal for communities had fifty million pounds each on average. How many big locals you could get out of that? And then this is. And this is funding that actually is sitting around there. Dormant is a key word. It's waiting to be used. Waiting to be woken up. I, I think there's a there's a lot that we could learn from
1: from programmes like New Deals, Deal for Communities. Um, I think one thing you, c- you can say is that actually as a programme, it's not been celebrated half as much as it, as it might have been. And actually, to be fair, um, that's, that, that could be a criticism of the Labour Party as much as anybody else. You know, th- In many ways, it was one of the great successes yeah. of, of, of the Blair Brown, Brown government, but seems to have been uh, one of those programmes that al- almost got lost. But when you look into the program, we commissioned some research to look into into actually what worked best in New Deals for community areas, you can see that those those areas where communities were most in the lead, where it was, you know, the strongest community-led approach, as opposed to, you know, in some some NDC areas, actually it was the local authority coming in and telling people what to do as usual. Mm. But in those areas that were most community-led, there's hard evidence that actually those were the places where you had the most sustainable outcomes where you have the most impact and you can still see that even 20 years on.
0: Let's talk um, legacy in a moment or two, um, local trust as well as obviously the the deadline Uh, The deadline, I think, for getting your legacy statements in is tomorrow. It's now. It's It's pretty much now, isn't it? So if you haven't done your legacy deadline, (laughs) (laughs) haven't done your local your legacy statement, then you should be sitting in the breakfast now getting it done. Um, Matt Leach is with me from the local trust chief executive, and we just mentioned the word the L word legacy, and uh, the deadline is up for everybody. Probably most people got them in their plans anyway, but it is thinking about what's what's going to be here after us. I and I think that.
1: You know for big local areas often that's that's going to depend on on where they are and, wh- and what what their shared their their shared vision is It's been amazing talking to me. a lot of people are talking about that mm. in fact when when you mentioned the word legacy, I could hear outside the studio suddenly the the noise levels <laughs> I was trying to drones, it I actually you probably it, it probably reflects something going you know, something that's going on across across the country i think there is there are certainly a lot of big locals that are now looking at a physical legacy and i think in part, that's because people always like to leave something behind, yeah. don't they, that they can look at. But actually, I think also it's because 10 years in, there's an awful lot of big locals that are feeling really confident, able to take on
0: big projects, seeing that building. The journeys that, that people have been on are, are right. astounding. From um, And I was talking to, you know, obviously one of my heirs, Scotland's Bushby Hill, and I talked to Karen last night in the bar, and um, as you do. and and well, a big ju- venture centre. There's a fantastic legacy for the area, well, isn't and it? Well, the, the journey... I found a picture. I'm going to show you later. It's not going to work on radio. I found a picture of the centre before it was done up, uh, when I was going through... I You know, I have mm-hmm. photos, throw up things at you. I'll show you that later, but... But you've got here people, uh, and and Karen's not alone, who, and we're talking yesterday as well, to folks who have become directors of companies, yeah, they've got responsibility, when they u- used to just rock up and open up and, and well, that, do whatever they wanted. And, and
1: actually, that, that that's the important bit, isn't it? It's not, yeah. it's not just the buildings. And a lot of areas have said, gee, we might not want a building, but actually for us it's the people legacy. And I, I was in a, a big local in the north of England recently, and in fact, they an area that's set up a community radio station. Um, and it's clear there that the legacy for them is, is not going to be a, a single building. It's a network of organisations and people who've grown in confidence, who've grown in maturity, who are making a difference, who've got partnerships extending well beyond the big local area. So Ke- Keithley Valley Big Local is is a fantastic example of, of an area that's just created a myriad of little institutions from the community radio station, uh, Eden Cafe, which is a, a fantastic initiative to support uh, parents of kids with learning dis- disabilities, through to the Riddlesdale Toad Patrol, uh, <laughs> which turns out in numbers in November every year. In fact, they'll probably be out now yeah. with, with buckets, torches, and spades, saving saving toads from the local from the local but A road. It's
0: people coming together, isn't it? It's people Absol- again uh, having an opportunity and to it, connect.
1: And it's actually that's what makes community in the end, isn't it? And that's got to be the legacy. It's got to be places where People know each other, trust one another, know that when they want to achieve something, they, they've got the connections, they've got the experience, um, they, they're able to, to make something happen. And, you know, the money makes a difference. The money has made a difference in big local areas. But actually, as I, I think Stephen Perez, who hopefully will be able to get up to come on the show from, yep. from the Arches Local, um, said to me a long time ago, actually, the money is everything and it's nothing you know often you don't need to spend it yeah money is what brings people around the table that gives them belief and enthusiasm but once you've got that you can achieve anything and i think what we're hoping to see as a legacy what we're already seeing as a legacy in some of those areas that are getting close to spend out is that actually moving forward it's that legacy of 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 proud people capable people people who are connected that's going to be the real difference that the big local leaves behind
0: absolutely and the relationships that uh, again That's been taken credibly by local authority and other people who've got power in the communities to actually realise that these big local partnerships and people working together is a way by which they can achieve their goals, they can make significant impact and make the money go as far as it... It possibly can do now. Just let's just nail any misinformation that might be out there. It all ends in March 2026. If it's not spent out, it goes back to the lottery, uh, and any trans- you can't transfer cash to other organisations no, to get rid of it. It's got to be used in the
1: locality. You've got to spend the money. You've got to spend the money, or it's going to go. The, the money comes from local trust. Um, you know it says we are the bank yeah the bank disappears mm-hmm. uh, in, <laughs> it's a good way to put it in, in, in 2026 twenty seven so if you want to make the most of your money if you you've got to be looking at spending it now now to be fair I think overwhelmingly big locals have got that nailed yeah. you know you look at the legacy statements you look at the final plans that are coming in most people know what they're doing I think there are, there are one or two who perhaps are going to need a bit of help and we're, we're looking at that now and Thinking about how we, you know, could we provide more resources or support to help people get over those bumps when it yeah, comes to yeah, delivery yeah. or perhaps connect them to more people when it comes to, you know, a few of the ideas that might make a, make it, make a real difference. And that's something that we're going to be looking at as local trust over the next year. But, I'm, you know, when you look at the lo- legacy statements, there's some fantastic statements of ambition and, and some, you know, some really great stuff that's, that's already happening. Um, the front page of, of of extra local. I'm sure everybody's picked up extra local yep. in their in their tote bags. But you've got Barry in front of his castle, seller due to to spend <laughs> up by by March. How can that not be a legacy of which you'd be proud? You go out of Barry's house, you go down the bottom of his garden, you cross the road, and there's a 14th century peel tower uh, that. Um, you know that 's been renovated that 's got a roof on it that 's brought in three quarters of a million pounds yeah. of external funding for the area to turn it into a brilliant resource for the community and actually i 'm sure people are going to be coming from across the northeast
0: to look at that I, I, indeed I, I think one of the the counters of this is that, um, and this is because I think a lot of people involved in big local um, are, you know, i with money and I've, I've known organizations, know, known people sort of really struggle with the amount of money because it's beyond their dreams sometimes to have money for a project. Uh, Tarek was talking on his on Tarek's tracks about, you know, his dream coming true because they found some money for him to do his podcasts. Um, yeah. People are still trying to save money because they have a real, sometimes communities have a real value for money. So this thought, oh, we've got to spend it, uh, uh, as as sort of make. it. It gives a bit of attention to them, really, because they don't want to waste money, but they want to spend it wisely. But actually, they've also been brought up almost to save money.
1: Well, I mean, you can understand that, can't you? Because actually, if you think about your personal life, you don't often want to take risks with your finance, do you? Because if something goes wrong, it can leave you in a in a you know in in a in a proper state. So, yeah. you know, quite rightly, people are brought up to manage their finances carefully. You know, you try to avoid getting into debt because of the trouble that that can. Give you, and we, we know that, actually, from big local areas. Issues around yeah. poverty and debt are, are, are huge. Um, and that can mean sometimes that people don't want to take risks. It's It can be hard to, you know, what if you make a mistake? What if you get it right? Actually, what do you tell your neighbours mm. if you've made a mistake? Um, what we've always tried to say a, across the programme, actually, is that Big Local allows you to, to take those risks. Yeah, you yeah. know, if, if it's one time in your life that you can take a risk, well, you can do that with Big Local. You. What's important is if if, if something goes wrong that you learn from that, but you've got the time to come again. Now, of course, as we get closer to the end of the program, that becomes harder. Um, But there aren't that many big locals that that haven't been willing to take that leap. And one of the great things about Big Local Connects actually is the ability to meet so many people who've done, done so many great things. And that gives you the confidence often to take that next step. To, to embrace that opportunity, to maybe, you know, go into that partnership that will make a difference. And that, that's one of the reasons it, it works so, gr- so, so well as an annual conference. It, it gives people that, that sense of, of shared endeavour and that sense that they're not on their own if they're building up the confidence, you know, trying to bring people together around them to, to,
0: to make that big spending decision. Matt, thank you. Uh, we're coming up to nearly nine o'clock. It's been a we-
1: fantastic hour. Thanks for inviting oh, so me. No, on. it's
0: been good. It's been really good fun, and um, I think well, you know people can listen again if they missed any of it. And I'm sure Jesse will be taking it all out and s- segmenting it all up, and then quoting you out of context and all that kind of stuff. Well, that, that, you know, <laughs> fr- frankly, you know, it's been a great
1: it's been a great breakfast show. I was, I was listening this morning from, from my hotel room, and I'd, I'd advise everybody else to. I woke up to T Rex. Oh right, which was which was fantastic. <laughs> some some great tune choices, and I'd, I'd hope now that people get on with what's going to be a, a really fantastic full day of activity, of events. We, I'm, I'm looking forward, I mean, you know, looking forward to the finale, um, not just because it'll give me time to sit down and have a cup of tea, but also because we've got the poets coming, haven't we? Yeah. We've got the, the handmade parade. We've, we've got a lot of stuff going on that's going to make um, today special right through to the end. So yeah. really looking forward to a, a brilliant day of, of Big Local Connects 21.